0: good plan. Um, Right, okay, so I've got another uh, few minutes to talk, um, and I won't keep you long because I know you'll be getting tired and hungry. Um, I do also want to reassure you that um, when I said I'm doing my talk, I have actually thought about it. I'm not just giving you the last minute, 15-minute preparation. Um, I I tend to be a bit too honest sometimes, I think, about the way things are um, and the way I am. Um, So... I have been thinking about it a lot, and yes, I was putting stuff down on paper, um, but you're not getting the, oh, just 15-minute preparation. There's something a bit more than that. Um, can I ask a question first? Um, I'm going to ask, well, I'm going to whether you like it or not, so I shouldn't really ask, but um, does anyone, can anyone think of um, or describe what you would see as a difference between uh, self-confidence and self-esteem? Anyone? So... Self-confidence and self-esteem. What's the difference? Self-esteem, is sort of how you see yourself and your sort of self-worth, and um, what was it? Self-confidence. Self-confidence is just, you know, how you interact with people. Okay, yeah, it's a nice slant. Pretty close to what I would uh, was was going to suggest. It is. Um, what I would suggest is that self-confidence is about what you do. And self-esteem is about what you are. Okay, they're two different things. Self-confidence means that you think you're pretty good at something, at doing something. You might have high self-confidence, you might have high self-confidence in certain areas of things, and low self-confidence in other areas of things. I would have reasonable self-confidence, for instance, to... I don't know, sketch a picture because I'm fairly artistic and I I think I do a reasonable job and I'm reasonably confident in that. I wouldn't, however, be self-confident in playing the piano because I know I'm not good at playing the piano. But self-esteem is about who I am and who you are. And they don't necessarily tie up because I... Know that I'm not good at self at playing the piano and therefore I don't have very much self confidence when it comes to sitting up there and playing in front of you. Does not change in my mind my self worth. And what's your name again, sorry? Daniel. Daniel. That's what Daniel says. Self worth. It doesn't mean that I think I'm a worse person. I just really we've got two Daniels and two Nathans sitting side by side, haven't we? (laughs) Sorry? Not an accident. That's not an accident. Fair enough, thank you. Um, I won't, I'll ask you about that later. And I think that this bit that we talked about in the first session, about our relationship with God, can, if we let it, if we develop that relationship, can help us to get a self-esteem that really is unshakable, Okay? Your self-confidence, no, maybe not. Some of you might feel uncomfortable coming up here. You might feel a bit embarrassed when I ask questions. Some of you might feel a bit embarrassed about talking. That's your self-confidence. okay? That's your self-confidence. That's fine, because we're all good at different things. But it doesn't change the fact that you are worth something, and you are important. okay? And that fact is given to us by the first session that we did, the relationship with God, the fact that God knows every one of us, and knows our warts, And still wants us to to, to a relationship with us, loves us, cares about us, no matter who you are, no matter what you do. And that I think for me is really the key in this whole concept of this next talk, which is about going against the flow, is really the key to being able to stand out, to be different, to face People who are against you, and might be mocking you, and might be laughing at you, and might be challenging you. And not to fall down under that. Right, let me just look at one verse from Ephesians, which I think is a brilliant verse. It doesn't really, at first sight, look like it's kind of anything to do with what we're doing. It's about husbands and wives, and it's about the relationship with husbands and wives, and you think, what on earth does this have to do? But it does have something to do about it, because it's Ephesians 5... and verse twenty five husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Am I very loud? Is it very loud? no it feels sounds to me it 's this time very loud it 's very odd. Um, Okay, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless, in the same way wives—sorry, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Now, obviously, the wives and husbands thing, maybe not, has more, probably more relevance to me um, and my wife, who... Uh, means that I have to consider her perfect, no matter what and how she behaves. And that, I think, is, the, is what we're talking about here. That Jesus is saying to us, I've taken you, okay, I've taken you, group of rabble people out there, all you mixtures, all you different people, with your different qualities and your different looks and your different abilities, um, your different frustrations, your different um, irritations and weaknesses and strengths I've taken all of you and I've presented you as perfect it's 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 kind of like i don't know the ultimate makeup solution this is just coming off the top of my head, so this could go vastly wrong. I warn you ahead of time. It's like, uh, guys don't, don't tend to be obviously bothered too much about makeup, but, but I think you girls tend to be much more bothered by makeup. And, and am I right to say that you put makeup on to cover up the, the, the blemishes that you see in yourself? Would that be right in saying that? Sometimes you look at your face and think, oh, cover up the blemishes. Sometimes, yeah, um, it, it helps that self confidence. Okay? And Jesus is saying, I'm the ultimate makeup solution because I'm going to take you with all your problems, all your, 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 your struggles, all the things that are wrong, and I'm going to fix them all. And to me, you are gorgeous. Okay? That's what he's saying. A few chapters earlier in Ephesians 2... Paul says something really interesting. I'm going to be talking a little bit. I'm not going to talk too much now because I'm going to be talking about, a little bit about this tomorrow on the, sun, on the Sunday morning. But he says in Ephesians 2, verse 4, Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ When we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming age He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And I think this is fantastic because I'm looking at this and I'm reading past tense every step of the way, almost. You have been saved, he says. And this is the opportunity that is given to all of you guys. Some of you have taken it. Some of you might take it in the future. But he's saying, you have the opportunity. You have been saved. God has raised us up with Christ. He has seated us with him in heavenly realms. And I look at myself and I think, how on earth? But he's done it. He's saying, I've already done this. This is you. Don't think about what you think you can do, what you think you can't do. You are This, you are raised up, you are in heavenly realms, you are saved, you are seated with me, so that in order, in the coming age, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. And this is the key, this is the future bit. He's saying, you're out there, you have been saved, you are these wonderful people, because I've made you wonderful people. But people might not realize you're those wonderful people, because in the coming age, I'm going to show everyone... And I'm going to show you, because sometimes we can lose sight of that, can't we? Sometimes I can lose sight. That, 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 that actually, the rubbish person that I realize sometimes I behave like is not me, because God has sorted that out. And he's saying, in the end, people will realize that. And so that means, hopefully, if we can think about that, and this is part of going back to this meditation, this, this thinking about God, this spending time in the relationship, um, if we can think about that and get that really into our hearts, we can get to a stage, I think, where we don't care what other people think of us. And that is I what I think, where I think, in a sense, we want to be. There's a little bit, of, little bit of warning there. We do need to care, in the sense that if we hurt people, we need to care about them. But that's not about caring what they think of us. That's not caring about whether they think we're attractive, whether they think we're... I'm mean, going to be very old and... Um, the only thing i think of is cool but i know people don't use cool these days i don't know what sick these days kids all the kids in my ice hockey team they use sick all the time i think those those gloves are sick and i'm saying well is that good or is that bad but for them that's good i don't know if you guys do that but again (coughs) it's showing my age i i it's the way i am so i don't care um (laughs) right where was i i've gone off track see terribly bad when i do that um So we get to the point where we don't care about what other people think because what matters is what God's made us. And that's about having that relationship. We've got to have that relationship because otherwise that relationship is not going to be important enough to us. Let's just look at um, Paul, what he says in 1 Thessalonians. I thought this was going to be a short one, but I always babble on. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 4. It's towards the end of verse 4. He said, We are not trying to please men, but God who tests our hearts. You know we did never use flattery, nor did we put a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from men, not from you or anybody else. What Paul's saying is, is, I don't care. What you think, what men think, whether they think I'm great, whether they think I'm not great. I don't care. Because he cares about Christ. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle among you. Like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted not to share with you, to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Because you have become so dear to us. Because there's something more important. Because Christ, his love, and the love he was showing is more important. Right. And, and, and for, for Paul, there was a huge amount. He, he, it it changed his life. When you talk about going against the flow, okay, Paul's one to look at, going against the flow. It caused him to be beaten. It caused him to be stoned. It caused him to be shipwrecked. It caused him to be all sorts of stuff. He goes through a whole list in 2 Corinthians 11. I'm not going to go through it because we haven't got time. And we can look at that, and you might look at that, and I can look at that, and I think, wow. I don't think I could do that for God. I think if I was faced with being flogged, given 40 lashes minus one, which incidentally they did because if they kept lashing them more, they probably might have died. I don't know if I could do that. And so, where am I in all this? I didn't mean to put that bit then. I meant to put that a little bit later. Let's just put that quickly. I'm just going to jump back to Gideon again. We talked about Gideon earlier. But so there's another little bit about Gideon I think it's quite interesting. I think it can, 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 I think, uh, maybe make us feel a little bit. Um, more, a little bit more reachable. A little bit more reachable. Gideon gets called by God, and one of the first things he has to do is he has to get rid of the idolatry that was in his house. So he had to kill, he had to break down an altar, he had to destroy the, his father's house. And you're all falling asleep now, so I'm going to have to do something about this because um, um, clearly you're tired and hungry. So I'm going to uh, shut up really soon. And God said. Do this, sort this out. And Gideon has a problem. He's afraid. Okay? He's afraid to stand up against all the people and do something different. But he does. And he does this in verse 27. It says, so Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the men of the town, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. Okay? He did it, but he didn't quite do it in front of everyone because he was afraid. Okay, And that, I think, sometimes, can be some of us. We can be the Gideon. Sometimes we don't do it at all. We can be a Gideon, maybe not a Paul. We can always grow towards that. I'm going to do a little activity. Very, very quick activity. Um, first thing I'm going to do... Ooh, spill my waters first thing. Second thing I'm going to do... So a little bag here, okay. something in it. And um, I'm going to start with volunteers. If I don't get volunteers, I'm just going to pick on someone to, uh, to just have a sniff of what's in this bag. Okay? Can I get a volunteer? Don't make me pick on you. Go on then, Nathan, uh, Daniel. Have a sniff. Deep breath. Okay? I won't, I'll get his reaction in a minute. Anyone else? Go on come on have a sniff deep breath yeah okay come on what are you ladies here come on go on Emily have a sniff deep breath mmm yeah mmm anyone else go on then fantastic deep breath you can all go oh if you want to although it might not get any of the volunteers you want to go Sophie go on have a go Uh, what do you reckon? Sweat. Sweat. Fantastic. Good thought. i have another sniff. This is, you'll know what this is. Have a sniff of that. That's better, yeah. Cleanse your nose. Here you go. No, none of you who didn't sniff the first one are going to get a sniff of this one. If you're going to chicken out on this, that one, you're not going uh... to... Do you want a sniff of that one? That'll cleanse your nose. Go on. I can't remember who else had a sniff. You had a whiff, didn't you? Is that a bit better? Take the fragrance of your nostril for the previous. Right. I like that one better as well. I think the, uh, the, the smell of sweat is very astute. Um, this is a, uh, an ice hockey glove for my uh, son. And he does sweat and, uh, when he plays hockey. Did you have a... You have a you're not getting that one. Um, and, and so, yeah, the first one is a, a smell of sweaty hockey kit. And the second one is a smell of oranges. So what's the, my point? I'm what, 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 what is he going on about? Um, well, this, this little experiment proves something. Would I, could I say, that? Any, did anyone like the smell of the first one better than the second? We all pretty much agreed that the orange was nicer. Yeah, I thought so. That proves, among us, that we're not cats. We are human, in fact, and we're not cats. What on earth is he going on about? Well, let me tell you something. Cats, particularly female cats, love the smell of sweaty hockey equipment. Okay? Sounds strange, but it is true. In fact, the manager for um, our team, Bradford Bulldogs, um, the, she her son used to play hockey, and they, she remembers a time when she travelled probably 20 minutes towards a hockey game when they suddenly heard a meowing in the boot of their car, and they had zipped their cat in the hockey bag with the equipment because the cat had curled up and fallen asleep in this hockey bag with the sweaty, sweaty stuff. Sounds disgusting, but cats typically don't like the smell of citrus. Okay, cats incidentally like the smell of sweaty hockey bag because apparently it smells like tomcats cats and the way they spray. So uh, they do like that. What on earth does it have to do with anything? Okay, let's turn to Second Corinthians and chapter two. That's yeah, got you woken up a little bit. It's good. I like that. Second Corinthians two. Verse 14. He says, Thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who perish. To the one we are the smell of death, and to the other the fragrance of life. Okay? To one with the smell of death, and to the other with fragrance of life. Guys, remember something. You will always have a smell. Okay? You will always have a smell, no matter what you do and how you live. Politicians try not to have a smell, don't they? They try to go about and they try to satisfy everyone. They try to get everyone to like them. And what happens? What happens? Do we like politicians? No, No, we don't. They try to get everyone to like them, and in doing that, they get everyone to hate them. Okay? They do the exact opposite. And what Paul's saying here is you've got a smell about you. And you have a choice who you want to smell nice to, because you're not going to smell nice to everyone. You can choose to be the fragrance of life, or you can choose to be the smell of death. You can choose to be a fragrance that's pleasing to some people, not pleasing to others. In fact... What he's saying here is that to some people they'll smell good things of you and some people will smell bad things. It's the way it is. Okay? So all you've got to do is decide who you want to smell good to. Do you want to smell good to God? Do you want to smell good to those people who are trying to have a relationship with God? I hope all of us here. Or do we want to go out among our friends who don't care about God and do we want to smell nice to them? Because if you want to smell nice to them you're not going to smell nice to people who are trying to serve God. And if you want to smell nice to God, you're not going to smell nice to those who don't care about God. Let me tell you something. It does get easier. I never used to admit that I was a Christian. When I went to a new job, I'd get a lot of new jobs, because i do contracting. So I'll be six months to a year at one place, and then I'll move on to another place. So I'm constantly meeting new people, and uh, getting into any new workplaces. And when I used to, previously, I used to kind of not be too honest about my faith, and about what I did on the weekends when I went away to a youth group, or I went to church, or I did anything that Will identify me. Excuse me. We just identify me as Christian. I wasn't too honest. And then I decided, I don't care. I got to that point where I just don't care, and I thought, I'm going to do this. And it's let me tell you, it gets easier. Once people know, it's not such a bad thing. Uh, some of you might remember, uh, if you've known me for a while, that uh, one day I arrived and I had my head shaved. I won't go into details too much, um, just to say that I did a semi nazarite vow, but that's, you can all look at that, number six, write it down if you want to know anything more about it, have a read. I had my head shaved, and this was like proper shave, wet razor, okay? I looked like um, I was ill, I really did. And let me tell you, the day going back to work was scary, okay? The day going to work, first day, was scary. I wore a hat, and I stood at my desk, and I kind of went, ta-da. And I was like, what have you done? Because I looked crazy. I was, it was terribly bad. Um, but then I thought, I'll talk about it. I'll explain what I did. I'll explain why I did it. I'll explain that I was using it as a tool to get closer to God, because I needed him in my life more. Because, and, and you know what the comments were? I didn't get one person saying, you idiot. Most people said, wow, I don't think I could do that. That, wow, that's pretty impressive that you have something like that. I wish I had something in my life that I felt that strongly about. These are the sorts of comments I got. It does happen. And, and the difficulty is, I think particularly your age where you're at school with, with, uh, in, in a school mentality. Uh, get, correct me if I'm wrong, um, I'm sure you won't. Um, is that what you tend to hear is the voice of the group. Okay? What you tend to hear is the voice of the group. And when people get into groups, they say nasty things because they think everyone else will think they're stupid if they don't say nasty things. They think that they've got to, to, to all agree and their friends will think they're silly and they're not prepared to go against the flow, to change that direction. And when you get... I mean as individuals, they often think very differently. So, I'm almost trying out of time. I'm just gonna finish with one point. We listened to I think you guys chose the Jesse J uh, theme, who are you? To um, be sort of the theme music, I guess, to this weekend. Which is good. Jessie J, I guess, would be someone that has kind of made it, not she? There's probably millions, certainly thousands of young people out there who are trying to make music, who are trying to be the next big hit, who are trying to get in the charts, to get a number one, to go to the top. And we don't have very many that do. And the ones that do are the ones that put in the effort, the people who reach the top in the sport, the ones who play for Manchester United, were staying straight across from the um, Trafford Centre. Tra- no, Trafford It's Trafford Centre. Is it Manchester? What do they call Old Trafford? Old Trafford, that's one. Um, yeah, Old Trafford. Manchester United. You see it from the hotel room. Um, it's great. It's fine. But those people who get there, they are the best, and they're the top because they put in the effort to become an expert. And we will not get anywhere. We will not get a smell that is pleasing to God. We will not be able to go against the flow unless we're willing to put in that effort. And once you put in that effort, and once you become accomplished, it takes, what, 10,000 hours, they reckon, of doing something to become accomplished at it. But people who are accomplished, people who are at the top, can say, wow, that was worth it. Wow, the effort was worth putting in. And I guess that's it for me now, but it's just to encourage you to put in the effort for something like going against the flow, like having a relationship with God, like being someone that he's looking for will, in the end, be worth the effort. And it takes faith. To see that. And it takes faith to realize that in the end, God will show the whole world that we were right and that what we did was worth it. So that's it for me. Um, I get to shut up now and enjoy the rest of the day. And uh, thank you very much for all your attention and participation in the activities. Thank you, guys.